0: The professional's choice. Did I ever mention before that my short-term memory is fucking terrible? Wait, what did I just say? I was playing. Um, Yeah, it's it's terrible. So I can put a tool down, and five minutes later, I have no idea where I put that tool. It's actually really, really frustrating. And I've discovered it's because it's not because my memory is bad it's because i'm not consciously paying attention to what i'm doing so when i put that tool down if i say to myself hey i put it on top of that unit right there when i go to look for it i remember it but during my work process i'll put things down and not be conscious to what i'm doing and that's where i lack i gotta i gotta focus on being more conscious as as i'm as i'm working um But if I ask somebody's name, two minutes later, I'll forget it, right? But if I ask them their name, they tell me, and I say their name back to myself, then I'll probably remember. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I thought of something this morning that I thought was a a pretty good topic to bring up, and I wanted to get on the mic right now and discuss it before I forgot. Now, I did write a blog about it this morning, I uh, took my morning washroom break, and let's be real here, I sat on the can and wrote a blog, all right? It was an extended visit, and you always know it's an extended visit to the can when you get up and your legs are numb. All you guys that play Candy Crush, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, sitting on the can, getting up with numb legs. Anyway, I wrote a blog on it this morning, and you can read that, HFactNotall.com most recent blog. It's it's regarding training your customer. Now I don't know if many of you have heard about this, um, this idea, this concept, this theory. Uh, some of you might do it already. Some of you might do it subconsciously. You know what I mean? You might already do it because the human brain. What it does is it is it tries to survive. It's 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 wired to survive, right? And survival is about making things easier and less stressful on yourself. So training your customer makes, makes your job less stressful and it makes your job easier. And I'm getting, I'm going to get into a couple of examples on that. All right. Here's one example of training your customer in a negative way. I had a dispatcher that's now retired and every morning she would say, or every, every afternoon she would say, yep. 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock to every single customer that would call and hang up the phone. And I never heard the conversation with the customer, but I knew exactly what she was doing. She was stating the fact that the tech would be on site at 8 o'clock. Now, this kind of frustrated me because, one, he might not or she might not be on site at 8 o'clock. And I'll tell you why. For the service call, sure, there's no reason why you can't make it for 8 o'clock. But if it's a preventative maintenance... Or if it's a quota repair or a repair that you have verbal approval to go ahead on, you have to stop. You have to pick up materials. Suppliers don't usually open till 7.30 or 8.00. got to wait in a lineup. Then you got to go wait in traffic to get to the job site. It could be 9, 10 o'clock by the time you get there. So telling the customer you're going to be there for 8 o'clock sets the tech up and it sets the company up for failure because now when you don't arrive at 8 Guess what? Tapping their fingers, tapping their foot, wondering where you are. And when you show up at 9.30, it kind of puts a bad taste in their mouth already. So I had a conversation with her about this because I didn't like that she did that, and specifically about doing it to my customers. If I heard her do that to my customer, I would pick up the phone, call my customer and say, hey, listen, I won't be there at 8 o'clock, just so you're aware. I'll be here or be there between this time and that time just so I'm not the guy that's showing up late on the job site because nobody wants to be that tech, right? So going forward, another example of this, which is negative training of a customer, is something that I did or used to do, and this is how I fixed it. I used to get emails and respond to these emails very, very quickly from customers, and I thought I was doing a good thing. Good customer service. Yes, it is good customer service to respond quickly. But one thing as a service tech in the field, you got to remember, your hands are always doing stuff. Sometimes they're dirty. You can't always be picking up a phone and responding to an email, especially when they need information that you have to look up or talk to the office about or go through your notes on. So one day I get a phone call about four four hours after the email was sent to me because I'm usually quick at replying. Did you get my email? "Uh, Yes, I did. Sorry, I've been very busy. I haven't had a chance to respond yet. Well, because this customer was used to getting the emails responded to very quickly, he became agitated, frustrated, and had to call me to make sure I got it. All right. I shouldn't I shouldn't have done this in retrospect. Now what I do is if I get an email unless it's an emergency all right and the customer needs service right away I wait purposely to train the customer into knowing that I'm busy. I'll get back I'll get back to you with a quality reply when I have time. All right? And since I've done that, I don't receive phone calls four or five hours later after the email's sent. All right? I'll get back within a day now if it's not an emergency situation. So that was one problem I created for myself and I started to change that and train the customer into knowing they'll get a response from me but not not in five minutes like I was doing before. Okay? Because that's that's not realistic in the everyday world. Many years ago, my boss, who I've talked about many times on this podcast, hard-nosed guy, put me through a uh, very stressful apprenticeship. He brought up this concept to me about training customers, and the reason why—and and I believe the reason why this may have been in his head before that—but this same instance um, I'm about to tell you was was uh, happening. At the same time as he was bringing this up, maybe the the two just met up um, at the same time, this training and this issue with this customer. So it it was a server room. And from what I understand, they requested or we requested as a company for them to have backup cooling in their room. Think about it. It's a sensitive environment. Okay, if it gets too warm in there, servers start to shut down. It makes sense to put 100% redundancy in this environment on the build of the room. Okay, the upfront cost of putting in the extra equipment compared to the cost of business lost or money lost due to a server room shutdown, I mean, you put that on the scale and you got to weigh it. And sometimes you got to fork that upfront cash, but this room did not have backup cooling. So a couple of times we responded really, really quickly. And it was this one specific customer that was getting on his nerves specifically. And I'm not really sure why, maybe because we requested time after time after time they get redundant cooling. So a call came in, so we didn't run out. His decision was let them, let them suffer. We told them we couldn't go that day, we went the next day. So in between, they had to shut down servers, put in fans, open doors to reduce the temperature of the room. So they didn't have this disaster happen. Well, we went the next day and looked at the problem. But after that, shortly after that, backup cooling was put into the room. That was a form of trading your customer. All right, you gotta put them in the mindset that, hey, This was an emergency. I didn't like that. I got to do something about this. But let me tell you something very, very important. You cannot train a customer if you are a low-quality company with a bad reputation. Fly by night. You can't do it. You have to have a trusted reputation. You have to be amazing at customer service. You have to be highly skilled. It has to be a privilege. That customer has to feel that they're privileged that you're working on their piece of equipment. Mr. Smith calls the office. Hey, my AC's down. Well, sorry, Mr. Smith. We're tied up for about five hours. But after that, we'll get someone out to your location right away. If Mr. Smith values your service, if Mr. Smith thinks that your service is a necessity to him, guess what? He will wait. He will wait for you. If he doesn't feel that you come into his home or his place of business, he doesn't feel it's a necessity, guess what? He'll pick up the phone and call another company. So don't try to train your customer unless you've developed this rapport with your customer. They have to know they're getting quality service, trusted service, highly skilled service, right? And they have to feel like they're getting what they need. They have to feel privileged when you show up at the door. So don't try it if your customer doesn't feel that way about your company. But if they do, you have the power in your hands. You have the power in your hands now to train your customer to make life easier for you as a tech, as a business owner, make life less stressful. So one of the other things I brought up in the blog at the very end, and I didn't really touch on it too much. I just kind of hit on it a little bit is firing a customer. Now think about this for a minute. Most companies, they need the business, right? They don't want to fire a customer because they might need that business. They don't want to say no to the cash. They don't want to say no to the income. But if you've built an empire, a little HVAC empire, and you have you have the clout, and you have abundance of income rolling in, you have great customers, referrals, word of mouth, you're doing service installs for everybody in the area, When a customer comes along that's rude, that doesn't want to pay, that always negotiates, that treats your techs and your office staff like shit when they call in, you don't need that. Get rid of it. You know how good it would feel to know that you've made it to the top of the food chain that you can actually turn away a customer? Sorry, Mrs. Jones. We have great customers that are happy to deal with us, they're polite, they pay on time, they don't don't negotiate, you, on the other hand, are the total opposite of that. Sorry, we cannot do service for you. Click. How good would that feel to turn down a customer because your company is the best and you're making all kinds of dough? That would feel great. There's a quote that I put into the, the blog from Tony Robbins. If you guys don't know, Tony Robbins is... An extremely smart, intelligent man. He spent his life helping people, business people. He's talked um, people down from suicide. He helps people with relationships. You name it. He's a fantastic life coach. He gets paid millions of dollars to coach people individually every year. Individual coaching. Millions and millions of dollars to do this. So one of his quotes was the best, and I got to paraphrase because I don't remember the exact wording, but the best thing you'll ever do in your life is fire a customer. Now that can be so true if you have that clout, the integrity, and the reputation, and you're making an abundance of cash to turn around and tell a customer to go to hell. And if you're that good, and there's nobody else that can do what you do, your customer might just come crawling back with an apology. Imagine that. Imagine how good that would feel if you fire a customer and they come crawling back and apologize to you as a business owner. That would be absolutely incredible. So guys, I just wanted to get on the mic and talk about that real quick, okay, as a short little podcast. This podcast is brought to you only by Mike Clark. And I'll tell you why. Mike Clark, a few months back, nominated me for the 40 Under 40 Club for the ACHR News. Okay, basically it's 40 people under the age of 40 doing great things in HVAC. Mike Clark nominated me, and I can't thank him enough, and I can't thank the news enough for actually choosing me as one of their 40 candidates for this year. So thank you, Mike. Thank you to the ACHR News. If you guys want to check out the full article and see all 40 great people that made it through, achrnews.com. You guys check it out. And thank you, Mike. Love you, man. You're the best. You guys have an awesome day, awesome night, whatever time of day it is, and happy H-tracking.